0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Of everything written in the Bible, this statement from today's Gospel is probably the most quoted and at least the most misused. (coughs) Judge not. The world loves this passage. And the world loves to use this passage against you, dear Christian. When you speak the way the scriptures do, you are called judgmental simply for saying that sin is evil and harmful and righteousness and purity are good. So the world executes its judgment on you, declaring you to be judgmental. And since being judgmental is a sin, you should just be quiet But is this what Jesus has in mind? Does declaring judge not give the world a free pass to sin? Does it give you the freedom to be free from judgment of your sin? Now, notice the irony here. The world doesn't believe in the Bible. And yet the world tells us how to interpret it. The world doesn't believe in Jesus And yet it tells us what he means. The world's judgment says we should all coexist and even embrace immorality as a virtue. Now, the world judges the church harshly, even in the courts, and all the while telling us that we Christians need to be like Jesus and not judge. In fact, for the world... I think there's only one sin, being judgmental. And if you are judgmental, then you will be judged by the world. But when Jesus says not to judge, what does he mean? Can math teachers look at a student's assignment and judge whether their students answered correctly? Does Jesus intend to say that every judge should be removed from his bench? and all parents should be unseated from having authority over their children and that pastors should be tolerant of all manner of behavior in the congregation and in the world some might say yes perhaps even some christians judge not is the ultimate answer to any problem anytime you are accused of anything you can just reply to your accuser judge not And suddenly the accusations against you are powerless. Suddenly the Bible you claim to believe has become a weapon to attack anyone who would call you to repentance. Even at first glance, the parable Jesus tells about a plank in your eye and a speck in your brother's eye seems to support this. You have sinned like a tree trunk clouding your vision, but your neighbor has only a little speck. Your sins are big, but your neighbor's sins are small. So don't worry about your neighbor's sins. Leave him alone. But if Jesus here in this text is condemning all judging, he would be contradicting what he says elsewhere in the scriptures. We know that all scripture is God breathed and God cannot deny himself. And so we turn even to one of our rules of biblical interpretation that we understand confusing or unclear passages in light of those that are more clear. And so all throughout the scriptures, we hear of God's judgments against sin. And at the end of the world, Jesus will come to be our judge. Consider, for example, that in this very text, Jesus utters the words. You hypocrite. Jesus himself is being judgmental. He named the sin of hypocrisy. And elsewhere, he even calls the Pharisees sons of Satan. Now, perhaps someone might say, Yes, Jesus can judge, but you, dear Christian, cannot. Perhaps someone has told you, Only God can judge me. It's true. God is the judge. But let's also consider the context of Jesus' statements here. Because generally speaking, those who simply say, judge not, do so while ignoring the rest of what Jesus has to say. And sadly, there are many who read the Bible this way. So what is Jesus saying? Jesus isn't telling us that we are never to judge. In fact, just a few verses after today's text, Jesus explicitly says, beware of false teachers. Well, you cannot beware of them if you do not judge the doctrine that they teach. We are to discern their teaching, to see whether it is good or bad, to receive the good and reject and reject the bad. And every godly vocation requires judgments. We already talked about parents and pastors and Christians. In fact, we can't even avoid making judgments. Consider that when you open your fridge to look for a snack this afternoon, you'll be making judgments. Certainly about the kind of food you want to eat, but probably other important factors too, like how fresh that leftover is. So, yes, we are to judge. And we even hear this elsewhere in our text today. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. In other words, when we do render a judgment, then we will be judged the same way by God. So, perhaps we might hear this and conclude, well, we should be permissive to everyone. Because we want God to judge us with a low standard. And so when we see the sin of another, we're tempted to be quiet. And we figure that if we don't judge that sin, God will ignore that sin in us. If we judge others with a low standard, then God will use a low standard to judge us too. But what is your standard? To speak kindly and never shout? To listen before you speak? To never disrespect someone else, our own standard, low as it might be, condemns us. The measure of judgment that we use, no matter how low we set the bar, will condemn us. We don't even meet our own standards of morality. And so when Jesus declares his hearers are hypocrites in today's text, He's not just talking about them. He's condemning us, too. We are hypocrites. We say one thing and we do another. So we cannot think that having a low standard of judgment will rescue us from God and his judgment. Because the solution to judgment isn't less judgment. That's just a lower standard. The solution to judgment is mercy. The solution to judgment is forgiveness. Jesus is not giving us a blanket statement against all judging, but he is instructing us in right judgment, specifically what we are to judge or not. We are clearly instructed to judge doctrine and sin. We are to judge right from wrong. And this is a good and godly thing. What you believe about God and the world matters. And when you believe something wrong about them, it's dangerous. If you saw a dangerous dog on your streets, what you believe about that dog will impact what you do and may very well put you in danger. Doctrine matters. Errors in doctrine are sin. False doctrine kills faith. So if we see someone suffering under the weight of false teaching and we turn a blind eye to their suffering, that is no charity. It's not mercy or kindness, but the worst kind of selfishness. So we look out of the world and when we see, when we do that, we see it's full of sinners. And it's so easy to go pointing them out, rendering judgment left and right against their sin. And all the while being miserly with our own distribution of mercy. Only giving out forgiveness to those we deem to be sorry enough for our mercy. Doling it out in little measurable pieces giving it out in little bits as if we might be worried that maybe we won't have enough. But it is not our vocation to judge people, to condemn people, to decide which people are saved and which are not. We are commanded to judge doctrine and sin and actions, but we are never commanded to judge people. And it's not our job to be stingy with mercy toward them. Judge not, warns our Lord, because God is the judge. If we dare to take that vocation from him and give it to ourselves, we show ourselves to be above our teacher, to claim to know more than he does. And this is sinful and dangerous to our own souls. And so thanks be to our judge that he is merciful, that he sent his son to die for us, and that he warns us and calls us to repent when we stray, when we begin to take sin too lightly, when we act as a hypocrite and judge others more harshly than we judge ourselves. We are called to judge wisely, not in a way to puff ourselves up, But in order to win over our brother, we judge not to please ourselves, but in the interest of the truth and out of love for our brother. And this takes humility and introspection. It takes repentance. It takes hearing the Lord's word. It takes recognizing our own sin first. It means we aren't quick to point out the sin of others until we have examined our own hearts. We need to repent. We need to judge ourselves first and foremost. We need to judge ourselves rightly to see that we are poor, miserable sinners. We have gossiped and lied and cheated. We've committed the very acts that we hate in others. We have even overlooked our own sins and diverted attention away from them by pointing out the sin of others. So this is what St. Paul instructs in 1 Corinthians. Examine yourself and judge yourself to be a sinner. Recognize that you have been a hypocrite. You have said one thing and done another. You have judged others harshly while excusing yourself. But you also need to hear God's other word of judgment toward you, that the Lord's death upon the cross atones for all your sins, that your father in heaven is abundantly merciful, that he doesn't give out mercy the way we want to in little measurable chunks. He rescues you from death. He takes all your sin from you and judges it as sinful. And sends it to death with Jesus on the cross. So that your sins are judged in Jesus. And there is no condemnation left for you. You are judged forgiven. You are judged righteous. Our Lord overflows with mercy toward you. Mercy that comes naturally to him. He has begotten you in love and holy baptism and marked you with the sign of his holy cross, and even today feeds you his meal of mercy. Your God is so merciful to you that his blessings are so numerous you can hardly carry them around. Your God has acknowledged and judged your sins in Jesus, and he has judged you in mercy. So that now as you go out, You, like your father, also acknowledge right and wrong, truth and error. You see the sin of your neighbor and you rightly judge it as sinful. Our Lord doesn't advise the man with the plank in his eye to mind his own business and unlovingly ignore his brother's speck. We are to be concerned about the sins of our brother For we are our brother's keepers. We are to do, as St. Augustine put it, hate the fault, but love the man. So that just as a good doctor despises and kills the cancer in order to save the man. So we Christians judge sin according to God's word and show mercy to the sinner according to our Lord's cross Because this is precisely how our gracious Lord treats us. Be merciful, he exhorts us, even as your Father is merciful. Like Father, like Son. Like Father, like Daughter. So you judge your brother in mercy. For you also do what God has done for you. And you freely bestow mercy on all who need to hear that forgiveness. You have an abundance of mercy from your merciful Father, mercy that will never run out. You stand in the stead of Christ before your neighbors. So let us judge rightly. Let us judge lovingly that our Father may use us to mercifully remove the speck from our brother's eye, that he too may receive God's merciful judgment And enjoy everlasting life with Christ in heaven. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.